Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. Roy Kent is like the best character in that show. Oh, he is, that man. boy. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you sound like Roy Kent. Are you serious? Uh, dude. You've been holding out on this? Brando. The dude's 45 years old today. I'm not going to say happy birthday to him because I hope he had a bad birthday. I hope he blew out a candle over an avocado and then didn't eat it. And it's just miserable. And Pat. Reed Ferguson was trying to whip it. He, did. he throws a football like I do, but like, you know. <laughs> There's a clear <laughs> drop off, I would say. On Buffalo Rumblings. All right. Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. Post game here, NABP After Dark. I'm here with Pat. Brando is somewhere doing something i don't know most likely asleep at this point might have just uh conked out after the game but we got patty here patty is rocking a killer stash and a thurman thomas jersey that's actually from the 90s so pat how you feeling do you do you feel as good as you look right now somehow i feel better somehow i feel better (laughs) um no it was cool speaking of guys that look great sean McVay always looks great but he wasn't looking so good you know, with about two minutes left trying to score some garbage time points, but you know, it helps the fantasy team. Um, overall, very satisfying experience. Um, I was watching it streaming, so I was about 10 to 20 seconds behind. Um, so it was a little awkward getting texts before stuff happened, but how was it uh, watching it on national TV down there in Nashville? Johnny, any thoughts? Good, good. I was actually streaming it on Peacock too, because I got to get my antenna rocking because I've always had this like homemade digital antenna that works for all the stations in Nashville, but I used to live closer to Nashville and it worked a lot better then. So just streamed it, streamed it on Peacock for this time, but I feel your pain because most bills games I have to watch on, you know, random websites and, uh, I always get the delay. And so like my mom will text me like, woohoo, like right before something big happens. And so I'm just used to that. I'm like, I have, I have to give everybody the pregame warning. Like everybody wait, 25 seconds until you text me to celebrate anything like that's just how you have to do it and the the same exists too with twitter as well like if you're refreshing twitter sometimes you'll be like oh that was not a good choice like that happened tonight to me i saw that that josh threw that second interception before it actually happened and i was like your heart just stinks and you're like oh i'm about to watch it you know so definitely deal with that a little bit with the streaming but no, definitely. Um, any moment really that stood out to you from the game at all? Any like jump out of your chair through the ceiling, Carl Geis-esque um, <laughs> moment, friend of the show, Carl Geis? I'll fill everybody in on that really quick because that's too good of a story not to mention. But we were playing ping pong in my basement as like 10-year-olds or whatever. And kid that was taller than all of us like jumped up while we were playing ping pong and put his head through a, uh, a tiled ceiling. But uh, anyway, I did have lots of those moments. There were especially just that first touchdown to Gabe Davis. You know, opening drive of the season, these guys look unstoppable. 
They marched down. And as soon as the ball left Josh's hands, I knew it was going to be a touchdown because he just floated it so nicely. When he floats it like that, you know that that guy is wide effing open. You know, there's nobody within 15 yards around that guy. So I thought that was pretty hype. I was going to say, I agree as well, though. I felt like that was the same thing with um the the, the second Gabe Davis catch um where he had a little bit of heat in his face and you just kind of saw the ball floating in the air for like four seconds. Um, So I don't know. It's, was it's that relaxing. that long one down the field? Yeah. 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 It's in other circumstances in the previous dark years of Bill's fandom, you know, you, your heart always skipped a beat a little bit when, when the ball was in the air for that long, but not these days. Yeah, for sure. And that, that Gabe Davis catch down the, down the field was very reminiscent of the Kansas city game where he caught that touchdown over the top too. It, it felt very much like that. So that was cool. That was cool. Big shout out to MCC Monroe community college, my employer. We had a great Buffalo bills themed tailgate today. I stuck around just long enough to get complimentary free Tully's tenders and um, <laughs> definitely work it. I think that's one of the unique things about, you know, being employed in Western New York is that, you know, in a good workplace where you have at least moderate football fans, um, you know, it's, it's something that brings everyone together from all walks of life. And, you know, we even had the director of, of the program like decked out in Bill's gear today. So it, it is good to know that it runs deep. And, you know, I laugh though, because my friend JB Great guy. I don't know if he's ever listened to the podcast or whatever, but he was in a rush this morning. He woke up super early and he like got halfway to work and realized he put on a Rangers jersey. (laughs) That was also red, white, and blue. (laughs) Oh, that was a rough day at the office, man. Yeah, but that's funny. Dude, I'm I'm hyped about this game and uh, you know, like what the season looks like going forward. Honestly, besides the turnovers and stuff like that, I don't know if we could have asked for very much more, you know. There was it was a little bit disappointing that Khalil Shakir wasn't active. So we didn't see him. Jameson Crowder fielded punts and did a good job for he the most part. He had a couple part. good catches too. I mean, he had he had to have two or three first down receptions. Yeah, he did. He did. And Honestly, it was more of a time split. I and mean, Brandon was kind of spot on with his preseason analysis. He said, don't sleep on Jameson Crowder. You know, Isaiah McKenzie is that home run hitter guy and he's pretty quick. But if you're looking for reliability from seven to 10 yards, I mean, you're not going to get much better than Jameson Crowder. He's He's got the sure handedness of Cole Beasley, but also a little bit more yak ability in that sense too. So Isaiah McKenzie also... You know, yeah, I mean, that, unfortunately, unfortunately, took that 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 pass that he bobbled that turned into an interception. Um, but there was a lot of that going around tonight. You know, that was a sweaty football. You know, you had James Cook f- fumbled his very first touch in the NFL, which was not good. Um, and you know, we can laugh about it now because they won. We definitely wouldn't be laughing about it if they if they lost the game. But Zach Moss also put it on the ground as well. So, but Devin Singletary uh, looked solid. Looks very solid. All the running backs did. And I think that that's a, a little bit of a combination of another year of improving another year of working out like Devin Singletary looked, he's looked like a better version of himself every single year. He's been stronger. His cuts have been stronger, all that. But I really think that like this bills team, what screams the biggest difference between last year to this year is the offensive and defensive lines do not look like units that are going to get pushed around early in the season last year against the Steelers. And, you know, for, for a lot of the bad games that we saw their defensive line and their offensive line got bullied. They're not getting pushed back. Josh Allen took a couple of sacks early in the game, 
Um, but that's to be expected with Aaron Donald. But for the most part, Aaron Donald did not take over the game. And that's a Josh getting the football out quickly as, as well. But this offensive line looks much improved over last year's early offensive line. And they look like they're picking up where they left off at the end of last season after Ryan Bates came into the lineup and kind of solidified things. So I also thought that their run game was present. Like it was, it was efficient. They didn't run too much. It's still Josh Allen did lead them in rushing, which is a stat that I think that we could live without for their, you know, for this entire season, Josh Allen with 50 some odd yards. I know you got the box score pulled up. How many yards did he have? Um, so, I mean, we're looking at him right here. Unfortunately, the worst part is he was averaging five and a half yards a carry, 10 carries for 56 yards. I don't like to think about it. I mean, Motor actually had a higher YPC at um, eight rushes for 48 yards at six a pop. So I think that's promising on both sides. And I think the offensive line played well, but also like I felt very, very surprised at how quick he was getting rid of the ball, man. Like I felt like I was watching Tom Brady or something like, yeah, like his average release time was like two, two something seconds, two point something. That's, I don't know if that's Josh improving one more year and just realizing that timing. And, but it's also Ken Dorsey. And I think that they had a game plan for Aaron Donald because every single down that they needed extended time to throw, you got to get a double team on Aaron Donald, no matter what. And if you've got him like one guy on Aaron Donald, then you need to get that ball out quick. And I think Josh kind of recognized that. And hopefully that played into the play calling as well. But also, thumbs up for Ken Dorsey. I loved everything that I saw. The play calling was good. Could have lived without some of the Josh runs at the end, but I think that a lot of those were read options that he's calling where he wants Josh to hand it off. And Josh is kind of taking things into his own hands at the end and saying like, no, I'm not going to hand this off. I, I'm just going to take this myself. There was a lot of that. I, I think on those read options, he very, yeah. very seldomly left it in the running back's hand on those. But what did you think of the golden retriever, Josh? I mean, he's laughing after he's getting nailed by offensive linemen. Like the dude just loves getting hit uh, for I some mean, reason. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, he's like my dad says, the toughest son bitch I've ever seen, but I would, I would second that. I mean, that being said, I think that not that any week is any more important than the other, because I don't think that's true at all. But I think that especially in a game where you're the first slated game the entire year. Everyone in the league is watching this game. You want to set a precedent. I mean, ultimately it worked out for us, but I, I think that we could run the ball. I mean, and I'll give you another stat about James Cook so we don't feel as discouraged. You know, the last running back to fumble on their first NFL carry? Kareem Hunt, who's, I mean, it was pretty good when he started. So it's like, you know, I think that as much as we want to, you know, say that we won't see him again till week seven, I think that he will He'll have at least a couple carries next week. And yeah, yeah, for sure. That that's definitely an exaggeration. Like he was back in the game even after like that read option that we're talking about. I think Josh, one of the ones that he pulled himself, it was James Cook in the backfield. So if he had handed it off, probably as Ken Dorsey imagined he should have, you know, that would have been another James Cook carry in the mix. So uh, I'm sure they'll trust him going forward, but. Yeah, no, like fantasy owners, I I wouldn't be on the James Cook high touch uh, train at this point. You know, he might get some looks, uh, but they're going to be figuring out his role as he goes along. And as of now, he's still very much running back three for them behind, obviously, Devin Singletary, who is the unanimous number one. But Zach Moss looked good and got a lot of touches. Yeah, six receptions also, which is also yeah, yeah. In PPR leagues, Zach Moss had a pretty good day for you know like a flex option or something like that. I don't know how many points he ended up scoring. Yeah. 
averaging three yards a touch, which not, not world beater stats. But the other thing I found interesting is like, I foresaw the game going five wide the entire time. And I thought it was pretty interesting. We had a lot of different looks. I liked a lot of the two back sets. Like we were saying beforehand, I feel like Reggie Gilliam's worth his weight in gold. Um, I don't know. It was just interesting to watch. And I mean, how many, number one, before I, before I hop on the other side of the ball, how many offensive coordinators, it's gotta be a first are nine for 10 on third downs in their first NFL game. I, I would imagine that's got to be that's a that's a very best. very hard stat to look up. I, 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 would, that. I would go out on a limb and say that. And then also, other than the game where Tua got sacked like three times in the first six snaps, and then Jacoby Brissett took a beating. Like, when is the last time you can remember the Bills having seven sacks in a game? Like, honestly, oh, it's been a minute. Probably back to the days where their defensive line was like Kyle Williams, Mario Williams as well, and Jerry Hughes, and then Marcel Darius. Yeah. Which is funny because when you think about it too, Von Miller, the player that we wanted to get getting drafted a pick before him, which is interesting. But yeah, oh my gosh, that's a great callback right there. I mean, and Marcel yeah. Darius is is he out of the league now? He is. He's he ate himself out of the league per <laughs> usual. But um no, I, I found that to be really cool. Jordan Phillips, a familiar face. I was glad to see him back in the mix. AJ Empanessa even getting a sack at the end. Yep. Making Matt Stafford bleed. <laughs> yeah, Daquan Jones also had a good game. I think he had what a sack and a half, which is pretty good. Um, how did you feel about the Benford uh, Elam kind of? That was I, interesting. So Benford got the majority of the snaps from what I could tell, and obviously was the first guy out there. And for the most part, did a good job. You know, was not victimized by Cooper Cub. I mean, obviously Cooper Cub ends up having a, a big day, and you know, yeah, but statistically not not that good. Like, well, you know, I mean, I mean? over a hundred some odd receiving yards and a TD. Yeah, but the is, man had like twenty targets. I'm just saying, like, oh you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, for sure, for sure. Allen <laughs> Robinson was nowhere to be found for most yeah. of this game too, which you know, all of, all of the fantasy world is kind of banking on him being in like a great like. Pretty much like Gabe Davis esque, and uh, Gabe Davis showed that he was kind of the superior uh, number two receiver in in this game. But yeah, interesting to see how that that dynamic shapes out going forward. Because granted, the Bills in the last few years have rotated that cornerback two spot before Levi Wallace kind of solidified the position for them. Like you remember the days where they had Josh Norman and they were rotating Josh Norman yeah, and, and Levi, Levi Wallace, and you know before that they had you know, Mr. Quit at halftime. And, you know, so they, that that's Vontae Davis. They, they've yeah. had like a rotating, not a rotating door, but CB2 is a position where they rotate kind of like defensive line where you can sub a guy in for, for some snaps. It's not like cornerback one where that guy's out there for every single snap of the entire game. So. Well, I will, I will go out and say too, I feel like it should be said. Um, Dane Jackson was tied for third most tackles. I'm sorry, fourth most tackles in the game. And he also did have a, a very beautiful pick, which I did not think he got touched. I thought that was a pick six until I watched the replay back. But I think that that's pretty encouraging as well that, you know, he was able to step up and, you know, play well. We were all kind of concerned of him, which is funny as well, because he trains all offseason with Aaron Donald. So that had to be a strange dynamic as well, them seeing each other. But um, I, I was impressed as well with Dane Jackson. I didn't want I didn't want to sweep it under the rug. We saw you, Dane. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're here. We are talking about cornerback two without even mentioning cornerback one. Like. Dane Jackson held it down. You know what I mean? He was, he was asked to do a lot last year. And it, I mean, you got three young corners who are looking good. I mean, the chances that at least one of them 
is going to be semi-elite is pretty high at this point. I mean, you think that they're all three young guys and you've got Trey White coming back. Like, what are the chances that all three of those guys cannot muster cornerback two ability in in a defense that doesn't ask that much of them? Like, they're going to be fine at that position, especially headed down the stretch. And they're deep, which is really cool. So, anyway. I thought it was interesting that the Bills dressed all of their running backs. They're dressing five running backs if you're counting Reggie Gilliam, which is, you know, he's obviously kind of a multi-weapon. He's a fullback and a tight end as well. Probably the number two tight end on this roster right now. I mean, I know we've got Tommy Sweeney out there, but now with the cut of OJ Howard and stuff like that, then you've got Dawson Ox and then Reggie Gilliam is is lining up in that spot for certain snaps in in certain situations. So it's kind of nice to have a hybrid there, but... I mean, you were telling me like we saw that lead block that he put on somebody. Yeah, I'm, I'm Bobby Wagner. You said this before the broadcast, so I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but like dude's worth his weight in gold. I mean, the Bills running attack on some of those power schemes. I mean, it's very rare. Like they're running this like maybe once or twice a drive, but they look good. The Bills offensive line looks good pulling out in front of and getting to their blocks and stuff like that. So... I definitely like seeing those runs and they were pretty effective on those. They're averaging like five, six, seven yards of carry on first down when they were doing that. So true. And I mean, props to someone like Dawson Knox, who maybe statistically didn't have the best game, but was willing to be a team player and throw some blocks. And I feel like, you know, his presence was really felt and Tommy Sweeney in the running game. And I think that goes without saying like, you know, to be on a a team like that, where you're you're able to say, I'll sacrifice my stats for the, the betterment of the team is something that, you know, I, I think not a lot of places, you know, would have. And also just to uh, give a shout out to a fan favorite. Um, I was looking through the, I was looking through the box score and I was like looking and looking and looking. And this player, I always equate to being the Buffalo Bills version of myself in high school football, where you, you'd see him out there for like 19 snaps and you're like, where is this guy? You know? And then the, the 20th snap, he's just in the exact right position at the exact right time. And all he has to do is either break down or put his hands up. And then the universe just kind of gives him a bone. But I was like, Carlos Basham, oh, boogie. And then I saw it in the, in the, in the box score, but you know, having a sack that really was a pretty ugly sack, but a sack and, you know, pretty cool interception return on that. I mean, it's just, when you look at a guy, boogie Basham didn't even, he didn't even dress the first game last year and you're getting that kind of production out of him. Like a, a lot to be happy about. I mean, and then linebacker play, we didn't even get to that. I mean, Matt Milano holding it down as well. I mean, it, yeah. Tremaine Edmonds too had a really good game. I, I feel like their their game is definitely elevated with you know some superior defensive, defensive line play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're looking at it was so funny. The inactives came out earlier today too. I was I was kind of thinking this, but Shaq Lawson didn't dra- dress. Shaq Lawson could be a number two or a number three or probably a number four defensive end on a lot of NFL teams. Uh, like a lot of NFL teams could use him on their roster and he didn't even dress because of how deep they are at that position, which is, is, is crazy. You know, we all know that we're spoiled with the roster that we have, but I, I think that that's telling when you have your inactives could start on other squads. You know, that's just how deep the bills are and how built they are to, to make a run this season. So, you know, they started yeah. it the right way. 31 to 10 against the reigning Super Bowl champions. This is how we thought that this would go. You know, it's so funny. I put it, I've put a bet on DraftKings. Like this was like two or three weeks ago. I put down 10 bucks on the bills to win by 13 to 18. And turns out that that wasn't enough because they won by 21. 
you know, it, it's, it's crazy how that works out. But, uh, speaking of DraftKings, also that early win promotion did pay off and Brando's bet was a hit. So, uh, Gabe Davis over three and a half receptions and he had four and the bills to win. So that was a hit. Check it off. Also the bills early win promotion. If you bet the bills on the money line, they were up by seven, obviously, and then went on to win the game. So your money line bet would have paid off. Yeah. So we're, we're pumped. The first Sunday of NFL season is finally here. That's coming up this weekend and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is giving new customers a can't miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season right now. If you're signing up for DraftKings and you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. As an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. So this is kind of like the Bills game. The Bills game, it was seven, uh, but for any other NFL game, it is 10. So basically it's simple. You put a bet on an NFL team to win. And if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That was obviously a great bet for the Bills tonight. So if you have any idea for teams that are going to be up by 10, just bet it. Because if they're up by 10, even if they blow leads, like, I don't know, bet it on the Titans. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't want to ever put out Pat's bets out there because I've only ever bet like one or two times and it hasn't gone well. But I mean, when you're talking about the second best number 17 in the league, I would think that Tanny and the Titans up by at least 10 at some point during that that Titans Giants game would be a safe bet, but no, for not a financial advisor. So (laughs) for sure. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code NABP. That's not another Buffalo podcast. So just NABP to get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that's code NABP only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, in our show notes, also in our bio link on Twitter, you can find the link to sign up for DraftKings. So you don't have to remember that URL. Just go to the show notes. There'll be a link there. You can go and you can sign up. Use code NABP. You get you bet $5 and get $200 in free bets. You can use that $200 in free bets to bet the Bills money line. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, Pat. Yes, Johnny. Closing closing thoughts on the night. How are you feeling about this season? Is it living up to the hype? Did we hype it up too much? Is there anything you're worried about? Um, obviously, didn't see the punters. So <laughs> we have no idea. So Yeah, no, I mean... 
Well, I like to take it one game at a time. And I mean, I, I watched a documentary on the Cleveland Browns. Um, I believe it's the 94 Browns where they were the Super Bowl favorite and they started out like seven and two. And the only thing I think could derail this season if if somehow Terry Pagula threatened to sell the team. That is the only way I don't see this. <laughs> is that is that what happened with the, the Cleveland with the Browns, Browns at yeah, that point? Yeah. 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 So uh, anything short of that. But the other thing is, though, too, I'm not going to, you know, it's kind of like when you enter a relationship with a beautiful woman, you're not really thinking about, yeah, you'd love to marry this girl. But at the end of the day, you just got to, as Sade would say, cherish the day. You know, so I think that I'm just going to take it one game at a time and I'm on cloud nine right now, honestly. And whatever happens next week, number one, I'll be there. And number two, I think that, you know, as a fan, that's one of the perks of being a fan is that you can be absolutely excited and, you know, Lombardi or go home. But at the same time, sometimes I like to take the Sean McDermott approach and, you know, not, not get too high, but at this point I'm pretty high. So I don't know. What about you, Johnny? I'm excited. That was, that was everything we could have asked for and more. It was stressful at times. I mean, how many times did the team win by 21 after turning the ball over four times? Yeah. I mean, so it's like, I'm almost like, I don't want, I don't want to put a, you know, like a really bold, stupid statement out there, but I'm almost glad that they have that because that gives them something to work on. At least, you know, you roll for through the first game of the season, you're riding high as a player. You're like, you just kind of go through the motions. Like at least if you have something to work on, you know, you're at least pointing yourself in the direction of improvement at all times, which is really important for these teams. Cause I mean, you know, 31 F- NFL teams go home disappointed every single year. And the one that wins is usually the people who just hit their stride at the right time. You know, you don't win the Super Bowl on the first game of the season and it's a long ride. Obviously, like last year started in a loss and also ended in heartbreak, but they were there at the end and that first game of the season meant nothing by the time you get to the playoffs. So at this no, point, agree. I'm just, I'm just glad that we're pointed in the right direction. I think that this roster is by far the best and most complete roster in the NFL. So that's a start, but also yeah. I just want to add Leslie Frazier has the most intense looks on the sideline. Like I get chills whenever they pan to Leslie Frazier and he's just like looking at the field like that dude has a deadpan stare that could just like pierce through steel. I it, love it. It is true. His Leslie intensity. Frazier. I love seeing guys dialed in like that. It digs too. Like after he gets a reception, he just like staring into the distance. Like, you know that he's dialed in, you know, that these guys are dialed in, like not just for today, but you know, the whole season. So I'm excited. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm ready to go kick the crap out of the Titans. So me too. Well, you know, I'll be there. And if nothing else, hopefully if I express my love, of Tanny to Tanny, maybe he'd let me get a picture with him or something. Just kidding. <laughs> I would, I would, I would rather take a, a W than a picture with Tanny, but it's a, it's a close second. So, um, yeah, no, so, I, Pat, I have to, I have to unpack this for a second too, because we've never really talked about this. Did your love of Tanny come from pre not another Buffalo podcast yes, or was yes. it one of those things where like, I think you were defending him on the show and you just kind of dig your heels in with a guy and you just end up loving him because of you're always defending him or anything like that. I mean, sort of, I like Tanny because he's an athlete. Um, I say that all the time, but anyways, I think that's the same reason why as a kid, I love Jake Plummer because you're like, wow, 
that guy's really not the best dude out there, but he's still pretty <laughs> successful. And like, I like to, you know, maybe myself being a little bit of, you know, a, a victim of imposter syndrome or inferiority complex. I can look at Ryan Tannehill and say, you know what, maybe that guy doesn't have the most peaceful sleeps at night, but damn it, he's still sort of getting the job done. <laughs> but also I like Tanny because like Tanny has a sweet job. Like it really doesn't come down to Tanny until it comes down to Tanny. Pretty much, you know, he's just got to, he's in his sleep that muscle memory is handoff left, handoff right. You know what I mean? And if he throws it. <laughs> but also I feel like the other thing with Tanny too is, you know, I had to ride him a little bit last year. He was at one point, 14 touchdowns, 13 picks. And, you know, he ended up throwing seven straight TDs to close the season. But I, I don't know. I would say he's just, he's a cult favorite of mine. Um, definitely. Same thing. Well, I mean, it's not the same thing with Jimmy G. I mean, obviously, Jimmy G could be the worst player in the NFL and I'd still love him. But like Tanny just, I, he's sort of, and, and you know, the thing with Ryan Tannehill though too, and I, now you've just unpacked Pat rambling here, but I love, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about my love for Tanny a little bit more as I feel like Tanny could have been like our number 17. If Pat Shermer wasn't an absolute imbecile in Miami and he had a little bit more stability around him, I really think that Ryan Tannehill could have been one of the greats. Strong take, but like in terms of pure athletic ability, I mean, Josh Allen wasn't playing wide receiver as a true freshman in the SEC and dominating. I'm not saying that, you know, Josh Allen right now is worse than Ryan Tannehill or something, but I, I truly do feel like had Ryan Tannehill been brought up in a different system, like he would be a superior player than he is today. Well, it's an interesting take, uh, like just, just to finish with this too, because I mean, he was... He was under Adam Gase for a second too, which yes, is a detriment yes. to any any quarterback as, as well. But you know, I think that all of us can agree that Josh Allen is where he is because of the environment that he was brought into. So it's kind of like it's this nature versus nurture argument that you use for all different things, and it's so funny because I mean, there's like documentaries about triplets that are all separated at birth and are are all brought up different ways and you know, how that affects them differently. But it is kind of the same thing, you know, quarterbacks that went to the Jets just kind of perished quickly. I mean, look like, look at Josh Rosen, who was a higher touted prospect than Josh Allen and is now, you know, looking for his seventh NFL team or something like that. While Josh Allen enjoys being one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. So I really do believe that you know, the Bills have hit on draft picks, but I think that it's more importantly that they've developed them the right way. That, you know, they've they've bet on guys with traits because they know that they can do the back end. You know, you can't force traits, you know, or elite traits, certainly of, of Josh Allen's magnitude, but you can teach the game. And I think that Josh doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is up in the head, you know, when it comes to this stuff, you know, they did give him a little bit of credit on the broadcast tonight. You know, they're saying like, he's, he's diagnosed, he's directing traffic like Peyton Manning and thrown like Tom Brady with, with the quick release and stuff like that. But I think that we're this year, we're going to see the most improved version of Josh Allen that we've ever seen for sure. So uh, I'm excited. I think this team's ready to go. I think they filled in every single missing piece, the defensive line. I mean, Seven sacks. What what more could you ask for? I mean, we're complaining about a team last year that did not get as many sacks. They did not get home. They led the NFL or were top five in pressure rate, which is, you know, totally different statistic than actual sacks, but they're getting home. Yeah. Seven sacks, dude. Like, no. and I think uh, also 
we should have some players. I mean, that's a crazy thing from last year too, to think that you didn't have a single player with double digit sacks. And I mean, we, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm just saying if, if Boogie Basham had a sack, if you had Daquan Jones had a sack and a half, AJ Epinesa had a sack and a half. Jordan I Phillips mean, had Jordan like two, Phillips, right? Yeah, it is, it is a sack and a half. It should have been two sacks. But I mean, it's just crazy to get that production. And next week, I think this will be a little bit more of an interesting conversation because Tennessee Titans are not the Los Angeles Rams. And I think this goes without saying as well, though, too, that, you know, we're, we're Bills fans and we love to sh on a team that we just blew out. And obviously, if you just got sh on, you should, you know what I mean? Probably take a little bit of the heat. But I, I don't think for a second that this Rams team is, you know, a shadow of themselves or something. I think that they're probably still the best team in a very competitive NFC West. And, you know, I, I think that there, there is potential that we do see them again later in the season. But I'm I'm excited to see how next week goes. and it'll be it'll be a true test because they did not run the ball very well today and you got to think that you know Derrick Henry's going to be on that that bell cow status so it'll really be interesting i mean it's going to be our f- first real test of like well, there's not that many bell cow backs in the nfl but since jonathan taylor and we really did not pass that test so it'll it'll be interesting for sure yeah no that's a great point too will this improved bills defensive line be able to stop the run like last year's bills couldn't so guess we'll see yeah, but. that's a tomorrow. That's a tomorrow Buffalo Bills problem. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at not buff podcast. Tweet us your thoughts. We still need to put up the poll for what the loser in our pick'em contest will do. Pat is already ro- rocking the mustache. So I think we got to take that out of the running because that almost be like a reward for Pat. Hi, you look really good with the mustache. Like, yeah, you got to have the dark hair for the mustache. I have like this weird light brown colored hair where you can't really see if the mustache is there or not. So you and Brando could probably wash. You could probably rock the mustache because you guys both have dark hair. But so I'm thinking punishment. Tell me how you feel about this. I don't think I could do it because I would feel totally and utterly emasculated and naked if I didn't have my hair. But I would do it. Loser has to get the Von Miller before we did you see that oh, the triangle? I think that I think that would be an appropriate punishment. Oh, um, dude, that that seems way more intense than a mustache. You get a haircut and you just leave like a little bit like that. <laughs> oh, that's bull, dude. I just need a haircut in general at this point. But but we'll, anyways, we'll yes. throw it in the bowl. <laughs> All right. Well, go Bills, Johnny. Go Bills. Go Bills.